you want to come and join us in choir, we have a lot of fun. <laughs> Probably too much fun sometimes. <laughs> you know, these, uh, these cards and, and the prayer concerns and everything that we're trying to adjust and move around, and, and all take, it's all about change in our lives. Um, but what I like about them is I take these with me today, and, and um, they're with me all, all week. And they're with us at 10 o'clock all week, if you didn't know that. These, these concerns and joys are lifted up and shared. All week, every day, we, we take time and say, God, these, these folks still need your, your, your touch in their lives. I want to talk to you this morning about something that's uh, extremely difficult. A battle that we will fight all of our lives as long as, we're, uh, as, long as we claim to know Jesus Christ. Um, most churches that are worshiping Christ and serving him are, are churches of change. Every Sunday we should be a church of change. Every Sunday when we come in these doors, we should ask God to, that when we leave in that time, um, touch my heart. Let me leave this place a little bit different than I entered in. Amen? You see what I'm saying? That's a goal that we should have in our lives uh, every time we come into the presence of God, whether it's here or small groups or wherever. This ministry of change is a difficult one because we come in every week and every, every time we worship God together and um, try to change people's lives. And through the music, um, uh, through a smile, through a tear, through a hug, you know, um, however it may be, the Holy Spirit um, touches our lives. It's called, it's called salvation, if you didn't know it. It's called salvation. That's when we take that first step and change our lives and, and say, okay, I'm not going to go the way I'm going anymore. It's called sanctification. Sanctification says that I'm going to um, take the rest of my life and let it be um, glorified for God, and I'm going to grow in my life with him. And um, I always put it like this. Salvation is that snapshot. You've got to have the cross. As my uh, uh, German professor in New Testament at Malone College said, you've got to have the Christ event in your life. Nothing matters without the Christ event. So we have that, uh, and that, that's that snapshot. And then the sanctification is what happens from us from the moment we accept Christ until we see him face to face, until we no longer have blood pressure. It's called sanctification, and that's the movie. That's the movie that we are the main actor in. And it all deals with change every day of our lives. It's called conversion. It's called being born again. It's called having a fresh tart start. It's called having a change of life. Whatever you want to say it is, it is that whole realm of, of us being in change, whether we want it or not. Here's the point. But after you experience that first change in your life, where you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, where you take that, that um, U-turn in life and say, I'm not going that way anymore, you're still going to have many, many unnumberable moments of change, of transformation in your life, a life change that happens because somebody said something to you, because the Holy Spirit touched your heart, no matter what it is, it's always going to be going um, and getting us closer to God, transformation that way. 
And we see that so much. In our, in our scripture today, in our scripture today, in Romans 12, 1 through 2, um, I took it out of the um, message. You know, Eugene Peterson um, took the original Greek and put it in our language today. Now, if you read Romans 12, 1, and verse 2 in the, in, um, the Holman Christian Bible, um, you know, that's the Bible Jesus used. Um, I always have to say that. I don't know why. <laughs> so here's the scripture. Oh boy, it's hard to see. And I'm going listen to the, listen to the word of God. So here's what I want you to do. And then here's the key. God helping you. Take your everyday, your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, even you're going to work. And you're walking around life. He says, take all that, your everyday life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Did you hear that? Let me, let me say that to you again. It says, embracing what God does for you is the best thing that we can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. Then, here's that word, then you'll be changed. Then you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Oh my. Oh my. That is the word of God for all of his people today. Thanks be to God. So to change your life, to have that transformation, to get a new fresh start, perhaps in your career, perhaps in your work, in your job, in your marriage, in any relationship that you have that is on the fritz, um, your health, whatever it may be that you want to change in your life, the first thing, I want I, you need to know this. So the first thing you need to work on is to choose to change. You need to choose it. Now, that's what you're going to hear all morning. We need to choose this, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, it's a battle all the way. Amen? You have, to, you have to hear that. It's a battle to choose the right way to go. It's a battle to choose to do what you think is best. Mm. We should choose to change every day in our lives. I haven't asked you this yet, but how are you doing? Did you change from last year? Every year in January, I ask that question. Did, did, you, change, did you change from last year? Did you grow a little bit? My friends, I'm, I'm going to say this to you, and it's a terrible statistic, but most of us probably don't change that much. We don't see much of a change. I can't imagine Declan's a year old. That's a change, isn't it? Your kids are older. Our kids are going to turn 50 this year. How in the world did that happen? Change. It's all about change. And, and uh, we need to, to um, grab a hold of that whole thing that I've been preaching for since the fall. Is that every day we should ask God to have, we want to do whatever it is that it takes to get a little bit more of him in our life today. Today. More than we had Yesterday. And not as much as we have tomorrow. But we should ask him every day. 
what it is we can do to get there. And, and why do we want to do that? Why do we want to grow in our relationship with Christ? This is a question that's begged. Well, simply so that God then can use us. God will use us in, in every one of us sitting here, everyone in the home, everyone at home, everyone at FLC, wherever you're at, you're listening to this, God will use you if you're prepared. If you're wanting to be used by him, we have to grow in him every day. Hmm. Now, that big long scripture I just read from Eugene Peterson, it goes like this. It goes like this. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but let God transform you. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Amen? That's the same verse I just read. First two verses. Just shortened it. We need, if you listen to it, but let God transform you. Did you hear that? You guys need to go home and read these scriptures. That's why if you had a sermon outline... You need to go home and read these scriptures, friends, and, and buy into this stuff and listen to it and, let, and digest it. Let God transform you. How? By changing the way you think. And we have to choose to do that. We need to choose. So my, as my, my seminary professor would say, you always have three points. Are you ready? I have three points for you. Actually, I got six, but I won't tell you that. Uh, three reasons we need to have um, for changing our lives. Um, begin with changing who we are thinking, okay? Let me give you the first reason. The reason we need to, to change our life is because my thoughts, my thoughts direct my life. Are you with me? My thought, what we think, directs us takes a hold of us and takes us out of there. My thoughts direct my life. Um, Proverbs uh, chapter 4 says, Be careful. Be careful how you think. For your life is shaped by what your thoughts are. We need to change, friends. We need to change everything that we think mostly is wrong. <laughs> Isn't it? It's mostly wrong. It gets us in trouble. And, um, and we have a problem with it. With Christ in our hearts... With Christ, if we say that we have Christ in our hearts, we should be in the business of changing every day, especially our mindset, especially our mindset against Anne Ethel. You know Anne Ethel, the pain in the side. You all have Anne Ethels, don't you? I have a couple. <laughs> Anne Ethel, we need to change and and say it doesn't matter how how bad it is. I'm still going to love. Because you see, that's what God did. He loved you even when you were not even concerned about him. He loved you enough to come and die on the cross for you. We need to change how we think about our money, about how we think about sex, about how we think about food. Oh, Lord. Now, who brought that up? I got to tell you this real quick. I had a friend give me some cookies this week. And she texted me and she said, if you don't want to eat those, because she knew I'm not eating sweets too much now, she said, uh, you can give those away. And I almost texted her back and said, nobody's touching these cookies. And nobody did. (laughs) Well, we think about life. We need to change that how how it is. We need to think about... We need to think about God and other people and, and even our work, our job. 
just literally everything. We should be in, in, the, in the act of, of choosing to change how our mindset directs our lives, how our thoughts are there. Oh, gosh, there's so much I could go into that, but that's the first reason um, that our thoughts uh, direct our lives and we need to work on that. The second one um, that we have to start with inside our brain isn't to make changes because my, my struggles happen in my mind. Are you all with me? <laughs> my struggles happen right up here. Right up here. They are... Let me read to you, Paul. If, if you haven't... Let me share this with you. If you haven't digested the seventh chapter of Romans, go home and, and read that, chapter seven. And, and then say, okay, Lord, what does that mean to me? And then read it, not as Paul saying it, but as you saying it. Okay? Just chapter seven... Um, Verse 22 goes like this. I love to do God's will. For as my new nature is concerned, I love being able to do that. Do you hear him saying that? I love to be not doing what I used to do, you know, kill people. Now I love doing God's, God's will. But there's something else deep within me that is war, at war with my mind. And wins the fight and makes me a slave to the sin within me. Are you ready? In my mind, I want to be God's servant, but instead I find myself still enslaved to the sin that tears me down every day. Hmm. Hi, buddy. Paul says, if you listen to that chapter 7, real close, Paul says there's this war going inside of all of us. There's a war going inside of me that the things that I, I want to do for God, the things that I want to do for the kingdom, the things that I want to do to make life better, the things that I, I know that God wants me to do, I have a hard time. He said, literally, he says, I don't do it. I just don't do it. And you have to understand that as we listen to the early first century writers, they say that Paul was not a nice guy. That if people saw Paul walking down the street, they would walk over on the other side so they wouldn't have to pass him. Because he'd probably grab him and say, are you saved? If you're not saved, slap him and get saved, buddy. You know, <laughs> who knows what he did? But, um, and it, we know he didn't have much patience, you know. But he said... He said, the things that I want to do for the kingdom, I just can't. It's such a battle to do them. And then he said, but the things I don't want to do, I don't have a problem with them. I do it. How are you doing in your life? You know, that's the question as you'd read chapter 7. That's the question you ask yourself. God, is this me? And the answer is, let's see, I thought you'd all say yes. And the answer is, it's me, isn't it? The things I want to do, I don't do. But the things I, I, I don't want to do, I have no problem with doing them. Oh. James, and James says it best. In James chapter 4, it says, uh, uh, What causes fights and quarrels among you? In the church, huh? What causes fights and quarrels? You ready? He says, They come from the conflicting desires that battle inside of you. Hmm. Oh my goodness. Then you need to go to Ephesians chapter 6 and read that chapter. 
and find out that the, um, Paul says we're in a battle. And it's not against flesh and blood. It's not against Anne Ethel. If you can hear that, you, you can find grace for her. It's not about Ethel. It's about the principalities and powers of this world that are going to do everything they can to make sure you don't choose the right way. Are you with me? Let me give you a third one. Let me give you a third one. The reason we need to do this, to start changing and looking for changes, is because that's where God's Spirit works within us. That's where God's Spirit works within me. Let the Spirit... Ephesians chapter 4, let the Spirit change your way of thinking and make you into a new person. For you were created. Are you ready for this? You were created to be like God. Mm. It's a powerful statement, my friends. We were created to be like God. I have a feeble mind of thinking about things, but this is what I think. We give our hearts to God. Not a problem. We invited Jesus Christ to come into our lives. We accept him as our Lord and Savior. And that is the greatest thing in the world to happen to you. But the problem of it is, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we talk about God and we talk about Christ, there's a but to that. It's great that you give your heart to Jesus Christ. But the but is, most of us say we're going to keep thinking the way we want to think. I'm not going to change my mind. You ever see a Christian like that? I've seen a lot of Christians, my friend, that, that say they know Jesus Christ. And then I often want to say to them, but did you read his word? Because everything you're saying has, is contrary to his word. You know what I mean? Nothing but hatefulness comes out and judgments and and people are going to hell and people are dying. And, you know, and, and that's out of a Christian who have given their hearts to Christ but haven't given their minds. I take it like, I'll, I'll tell you how simple it is for me. We can be Christians. Now, years and years ago when you said you were a Christian back in that great generation, when you said you were a Christian, that had a whole lot of meaning to it. Do you guys remember that? had a whole lot of meaning to it. But today, it just really doesn't have that much muster, you know? There's just not that much there. Um, Because we see Christians who say, yeah, I believe in Jesus Christ, and then the next breath they're tearing somebody apart or they're causing some kind of problem. See, Christians, I think, think they have the right to do that. So I move it one step further. I'm sure you've heard me say this before. But I move it one step further. I move it one step to where we become a disciple. And what a disciple is, is a person who has accepted Jesus Christ and given them his all. Given us, we've given Christ everything. He has my thoughts. He has my, my, my faults, my good things. Everything that I have, he has. I give them over to him. That's a real change, my friends. And I want to say to you, if we haven't given Christ our our thoughts. We've shortchanged our relationship with them. Um, it's from Romans 8, verse 8, chapter, or chapter 8, verse 6. If your thinking is controlled by your old sinful self, see, we haven't given it up. If your thinking is like that, it leads to death. But if your thinking is controlled by the Holy Spirit that leads to life and peace, then you will find what you're looking for.
We need to change, my friends. How do we do that? How do we do that when, when, when I'm, what I'm saying to you is to make that change, that the principalities and powers of this world are doing everything they can to make sure that you don't do that? The moment that you say, I want to grow closer to God, Satan and the principalities of power, principalities of this world, come in and make sure that you don't read the scripture the next day. You know what I mean? They come in and it'll be a constant battle, it'll be a constant fight without ceasing. But it's our choice. It's our choice to choose. I think the, the thought is this, that when the principalities and powers and Satan of this world bring something to our mind, it's usually temptation. It's not good. But when God suggests something through that power of the Holy Spirit, we call that an inspiration. An inspiration. And I think that's what we need to do every day of our lives. Choose to be inspired and not Tempted, amen? Hmm. Let me share with you. Okay, that was the introduction. <laughs> Hang on. Let me share with you three other things that I, I couldn't quit because I thought, okay, that's good if you just tell everybody this, but then how do we do it? How do we do it? Uh, let, me do, let me give you three choices that we have to change in our mind every day. Are you ready? Turn the page over. No, this is down on the bottom, isn't it? Yeah, the first one is, every day I must choose. Now, I want you to hear that. I put that in there on purpose. Every day I must choose. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen, friends. We must choose to feed, are you ready, to feed my mind with the best thoughts. Now, that's the battle that I have. That's the battle that I have, friends. I want to tell you every day I, I fight that battle. Um, I fight the battle to fill my, my mind with thoughts that are true. I have a battle every day to fill my mind with thoughts that are noble. You know what I mean? Thoughts that are right, thoughts that are pure, thoughts that are beautiful, thoughts that are admirable, that I should be thinking about. Every day I have a problem with them. But if we think about these things, those things that are excellent, then I... I don't have such a hard time when I accomplish that. I don't have such a hard time of praising God, of praising God. And you know, whenever I, I have that battle, it's when I'm alone. When I'm alone, I have that battle that I don't think about those good things. I think about all the stupid stuff that I did. I don't think about anything that anybody did to me. I think about all the stupid stuff that I have done. And that was yesterday. You know, and 50 years ago. You know, what that, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Look at um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, friends. And you'll know, know right then that we need to feed our minds with the best, best thoughts that we can do. Number two, every day I must choose. Now, hang on to this. Every day I must choose. You ready? To free my mind. To free my mind. From, more, from all the destructive thoughts. I have to choose to, to not think about those things. Mm. Romans 8.5 says, Those who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things, sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit 
think about things that please the, please the Spirit of God. That's it in a nutshell. We, we must choose, listen to it there, to free my mind. We're not controlled by, we're not controlled by the, the things of this world. We have to choose to free ourselves from that, from that destruction. We have to fight to free our minds. It's not an easy thing. Because there's, there's a whole bunch of reasons why we can't free our minds. But let me give you just a few, just off the top of my head. That old nature. Anybody here have a problem with the old nature? I do. There's lots of times I'd like to suck the yellow right off a school bus. You don't know. Yeah. Anybody else with me? You know, let's be real with each other. There's times we get fed up. And as Christians, it's, it, it says, well, that's what it says, and you call yourself a Christian. Yeah, that old nature pops up and, and, um, and um, says things and does things that we thought was over and done with, but it's there. The second thing that we need to help that keeps us from freeing our minds is the war that we're in. My friends, we're, you, you have to know that as an individual in this, in this sanctuary sitting here right now, we are in a war. And then as, a, as a congregation, as a, a group of people who are claiming to be Christians, we are in a battle. We are in a war that won't quit. And the, and the, and the, the weapons are, are getting worse and worse. And probably one of the worst things that keeps us from freeing our mind is the world values around us. The world values around us. I was watching TV this morning before we came watching the news and they had this, this place where you could go and do some kind of stuff like they do and strength training stuff, you know, you run through these mazes and all this stuff. And here's the days that they were open. They were open on Wednesday from, from 6 to 8 o'clock. They were on o- open Friday from, uh, from 12 to 7, I think. Saturday from 12 to 7. And Sunday from 12 to 7. Saturday 12 to 9. Sunday 12 to 7. Now, she said you had to sign up. Because it's packed up. It's packed up. I remember in 19... 19- 89, there were seven churches in, in Louisville, Ohio, that went together in 1989, and we went to the school board meeting. And we begged them, we pleaded with them to quit making things happen on Wednesday night. Wednesday night was, do you remember back then? Wednesday night was what? A family night. You went to church, you spent time together as a family. You didn't do sports. And that's what was happening in Louisville. And they, pleaded, they told us, well, you can plead all you want, but we have no control over it. It was a society that we live in, the value system that we live in. Today, my granddaughter, my granddaughter um, plays basketball. Today, she, she happens to play at 2 o'clock. But most of the time, you know when she plays? 11 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, the world we live in is not going to allow you to free your mind. It's not going to allow you to free your mind from destructive thoughts. And my son and his wife, Sarah, had a hard time with that. So they took her out of that leg and put her into another leg where 
it's more 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 fun, and and they don't do it at eleven o'clock in the morning. Hmm. Hmm. Let me give you one last thought that'll help you here. Every day I must choose. I hope you're hearing that. That we must choose. It doesn't just happen. I must choose to focus my mind on what matters most. What matters most. Now I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate and I'm blessed because we have this 10 o'clock thing going on. I don't know how, why God is blessing it, why he's doing what he's doing with it, but it doesn't matter. I'm blessed because from, from Sunday, almost every night, every night at around midnight, I, I start getting ready for, for that 10 o'clock service. And then I spend the next couple hours working on that. And then I get up at, at 7 o'clock and go into um, the office and work a couple more hours getting ready for that time. I'm blessed because of that. But see, then the bad part is, is I have about a two or three hour time that I don't do anything. I just stay around with Phyllis and we chat and do all kinds of stuff. And, and things go crazy. And, and I don't think about things that matter most. You know what I mean? Because I have, I'm not focused on, well, I'm focused on what I'm going to do next. But you know what I'm talking about. It's life. Let me tell you. If we want to, if we were right, we must choose. We need to hear that. We must choose. Certain things will keep us focused in on Christ. Are you ready? And that's the first one. The first thing that we should do is think about Jesus. Is that in your notes? Okay, good. We need to think about Jesus. That's 2 Timothy 2.8. Keep your minds focused on Christ. If we can keep our minds throughout the day focused on him, things will change. Because we're choosing to keep him there in the forefront. And it's really good to do that. I think it's the best thing that we can do is say, okay, here we are. Then we need to think about others. If we really want to focus our mind on what really matters most, we need to think about others. Now, this whole week I was consumed with Loretta and Abe and their families. I can't imagine what that roller coaster that those kids were on this week. You know, um, and Kim and, and everybody, you know, what a roller coaster that was ordeal was, and it's not over yet. We need to think about them. Don't uh, Philippians chapter two says, don't just think about your own affairs, but be interested in others and what they are doing and what they're going through. God tells us in His Word, if you really want to change your mind, think about it. Get your mind off of yourself and your issues and think about everything else that's going on. And then lastly, okay, we're going to think about Jesus, we're going to think about others, J-O, and then we're going to think about ourselves, yourself. Um, why? Joy. You want joy? Here it is. Think about Jesus, think about others, think about yourself. It's in uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Let heaven, let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not think only about the things down here on earth. If you want to celebrate what, what's going on and how, why you're changing is because you know that one day, one day I'm going to see him face to face. Praise God. Amen? And that keeps us focused on where we're at. Gosh, I've just given you a whole bunch. And I, I had about 50 more scriptures, but I didn't think you wanted to hear them. Um, but what I, I hope you've heard this. It doesn't happen automatically, and it's not easy to choose. It's not easy to choose. It's the difficult, most difficult thing that you have to do every day in your life. 
It's not easy, but we must choose today. Don't you love all these guys? I love them. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for the challenge today that we as individuals need to choose and how difficult that really is. But anything worth doing probably is extremely difficult. So we pray, Lord, that you would help us to choose. Always choose you. Choose you, Father. Choose you, Jesus. Choose you, Holy Spirit. Help us to choose you, creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Help us to do that, to choose you. Simply, simply we, we pray that so that we can then be used by you, Lord. We want to be your healing agents to our families, to our friends, to total strangers. Help us to find that joy of knowing you, Jesus, looking out for our friends and taking care of ourselves. Be with us in these days, we pray. In these days, we pray that you'd be with us and help us to always make the right choice as we choose. We pray this in your son's holy name and for his glory today. And all of God's children said, amen. All right.